Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. This church that loved to go to garage sales, I don't like doing them, that's for sure, but uh, we did one yesterday, try to get rid of some stuff and continue to downsize, and actually it was really cool, we had a couple that was walking through the neighborhood with their little daughter, and they had her in a little uh, wagon, and they came over, and we just started talking and conversating with them, and, and uh, just just telling them about different things, and I don't really remember all the conversation, but at one point, uh, we, we said, we, we have a church, and we, we don't ever tell people that we're the pastors. We don't just say, I'm the pastor. You know, I, I, I just tell them about our church as if we just go to church, and so we're mentioning that, and, and they're like, oh, we've been looking for a church. We need to go to church, and I said, well, here's a card. We'd love to have you tomorrow, and and so they said, yeah, I think we're going to come. And, and so he goes, what service do you go to? And I said, I, I go to both. I go to both. I like it so much. It's I go to both services. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. He probably thought I was a freak, you know, going to both services. But uh, he didn't know I was the pastor. So they came this morning and loved the service and came to the first service and found out I was the pastor when I got up here. I stayed back in the back for praise and worship so they didn't see me up front. And I had to blow, blow my cover. Um, but it was an eventful garage sale, and I'm going to tell a story in, in just a second about a garage sale that I had in Costa Rica before we moved here. Uh, Eleven years ago, this month, it's amazing how I, I said this in the first service, it seems like when God moves in our lives in big ways, it seems to always fall on anniversaries. It's very interesting. I could tell a lot about that, but 11 years ago this month, we came to Denton to start the church. We moved from Costa Rica. And uh, many of you know we started the church in our living room June, the next month, um, with just a handful of people, and then we went to Londonderry, and then we went to Fort Worth Drive, and now we're here today, and 11 years has flown, amen? And uh, God has done so many amazing things in the last 11 years, and I want to talk this morning about something that's very important called God's supernatural provision. How many know God provides supernaturally? Does anybody need some provision in here this morning? I don't think there's anybody that doesn't. Everybody needs more resources, things that have things. And so I'm going to talk this morning about provision, but I want to give a, a disclaimer. Whenever we have maybe somebody that's been coming to the church for a short amount of time, or maybe you're a guest this morning and you're visiting, uh, and, and you thought, oh, man, they're going to talk about money. I, I, I think it's interesting when people, because I, I do understand, some churches maybe do talk about money too much or all the time. But when you talk about finances, you realize that finances are something we all need. It's almost like if you say the church shouldn't talk about money, that's like saying that the emergency room shouldn't talk about blood. It's something you deal with every day. I mean, how many wish we didn't have to have money? But we do. And so God's got some principles about money that can help us. And I want to show you some things in here. But the biggest thing I want you to get out this morning out of this message is two things. One is obeying God's word. But the second is believing and understanding that he is a supernatural God. We're not talking about something man can do for us. We're talking about what God can do for us. And I want to start off with a story in Matthew 17, which is one of the coolest stories in the Bible, verses 24 to 27. Matthew 17, verses 24 to 27. And in these scriptures here, you're going to see something supernatural. Jesus is coming to Capernaum, it says, and they, they had received, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher pay the temple tax? When he said yes, and he had anticipated coming into the house, 
Jesus said, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? From their sons or from strangers? Peter said, from strangers. And Jesus said, then the sons are free. But watch this, verse 27. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the first fish that comes up. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Now, how many know that's not normal? And then you says, he says, you give it to them for me and for you. So this is a miracle. How many know that, that, that coins aren't always in every fish's mouth? Now, a, coin can swallow, a fish can swallow a coin, but they don't, they don't eat them, and they don't have them in their mouths all the time. Jesus was showing two things here, very important. He was showing that we do have to do things. We do have to walk in obedience. We do have to act. Because when you think about the word supernatural, sometimes, I know this from experience, some believers begin to think, well, I'm just going to sit here and wait for my genie Jesus to show up and fix everything for me. Now, Aladdin's about to come out sometime soon, and um, we don't have a Jesus that's in Aladdin. We don't rub a bottle and Jesus shows up and says, give me your three wishes. Jesus is a God, a God of principles. And he says, I have much for you. I have much provision for you. I have supernatural provision for you, but I need you to act. I need you to put faith or action to your faith and, and, and works to your faith. So he, he could have just said, hey, psh, here's a coin. He could have just popped out a coin and said, hey, go pay this for us. He could have done a magic trick. And just said, here. But he, he asked Peter to go do something. And the interesting thing was, is that Peter was a fisherman. So Peter was doing what he normally does, and he was doing his everyday thing when this miracle happened. You're putting yourself in that position for God to do something when you're doing the right thing. So he says, I want you to go do what you know to do, and I want you to fish. And he throws that rod out there, and he says, the first fish you pull in is going to have a coin to pay your taxes. How many know that is supernatural? Now listen to this. The definition of supernatural is this. An event attributed to some force beyond scientific understanding or the laws of nature. That's what supernatural means. A, a, a event attributed to something beyond scientific understanding. Now, there's a lot of people in the world today that have a lot of money that don't have any credit to God. That's a fact. People can make money, but they can't make it supernaturally. Can I say that again? Lots of people have money. Lots of people say, I'm an atheist. I don't need God. Have lots of things, but they got it through their power, not through God's power. A believer can step into a realm where finances and resources can come supernaturally from places that are impossible when you line up with the provision of God. Amen. How many would rather have God's provision supernaturally than what I can get humanly? Amen. And God has that for us this morning. He has something in our lives that he wants to prove himself to us. Because let me tell you this, if you don't think it's important to talk about finances, the Bible talks about finances over 800 times. It is the second most, most talked about subject in the Bible after God himself. Why do you think it's talked about so much? God doesn't need money. It's not because God needs it. It's because he knew it would be very important for the advancing of his kingdom. How many know the kingdom advances through finances? 
Amen. None of us got here on a, on a broom this morning. Amen. None of us got here, thank God, probably walking. We got here through cars and gas that cost money. And we got here through finances. You have clothes on that you paid for. Everything cost money. And God says, I want to advance my kingdom, but I need my people to step into a supernatural realm of the impossible. I need people to see that I can do things that don't make any sense, like Ceci said. It's sometimes you just go, I don't, I don't even understand this. Amen. And by the way, they don't, nobody ever knows what I'm going to preach on when they give their testimonies. I want to make that very clear. I didn't tell her to say anything about text to give. I don't tell anybody what to say. Everybody gets up and says what the Lord puts on their heart. It's just the Holy Spirit, how he works. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Isn't it neat how the Holy Spirit works? So let me read this again. Supernatural, an event attributed to a force beyond scientific understanding. Definition of provision. The action of providing or supplying something for use. We all need something this morning. Now, let me show you something very important. This is a a really good foundation for this message. We saw there the miracle where he said, go fish, pull out the coin, pay the taxes. In another moment, later on in Matthew 22, let me lay this groundwork for this verse. They, They said to Jesus, should we pay taxes? How many know this morning there's two things we can be for sure of? Death and taxes. Unfortunately, that's the truth. We're all gonna die we're all going to pay taxes, right? And so they said, should we pay taxes? Jesus answered them this way. He said, bring me a coin. They brought him a coin. He looked at the coin, and he said, whose face is on this coin? They said, Caesar's. And watch what Matthew twenty two twenty one says. This is what we should do. He, they said, Caesar's. He said, well then, and here's the answer. Here's the key to the whole message. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. How many know we give to to Caesar what belongs to Caesar? But sometimes we don't give to God what belongs to God. Stay with me here. If you don't give to God what belongs to God, what you give to Caesar will be be cursed. Two people caught that. When you do what you're, because we say, here's what we say, well, I got to pay my electric bill. I don't want my electric bill to be turned off. Let me tell you something. I'd rather have my electric bill turned off and pay God what's owed to him than have my electric bill on. But I also got news for you. I've never had my electric bill turned off because God always supernaturally provides. There's a thing there that some things don't happen because other things do happen, and it's saying, God, I trust you with what you've given me. So there he says, give to God or Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God's. Now, we all have bills. How many don't have? Anybody not have bills? I'd love to talk to you after service. Amen. And we have lots of things today. We have phone bills, electric bills, water bills, house bills, car, all kinds of bills. How many know that we have to pay those things if we want the service that we receive? Now, I I was mentioning this in the first service. We're blessed in this country for many reasons, but one of the big reasons is that we have options. When I lived in Costa Rica, and it's still this way, and it's changing a little bit. If anybody doesn't know, I was a missionary with my wife for 10 years in Costa Rica. And, 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 and we, we did not have a choice on what insurance we were going to have. We did not have a choice on what uh, phone bill we were going to pay. We did not have a choice on uh, what electric company we were going to use because they were all government. There was no options. If you didn't like what they were charging, you just didn't have electricity. 
Here we have all kinds of options. If you don't like your phone plan, matter of fact, I'm contemplating changing mine right now. I like the fact that I have the right to change my phone plan if I want to, and I can go try somebody else. You know, there's Cricket, and there's T-Mobile, and there's AT&T, and there's Spectrum, and there's all these options. And we have those options today, but when you choose a phone place, you sign a contract. And that contract says, I'll give you service, I'll give you unlimited uh, Wi-Fi, I'll give you unlimited text, and you give me the money that I say is that, that pr- product is worth. And that's a contract. Why is it sometimes so easy for us to make a contract with AT&T and make a contract with our mortgage and make a contract with our car payment and make a contract with all these things that we do for Caesar. But why is it that when God says, I want you to make a contract with me and be in covenant with me with just 10% of your income, it's so hard for us. Why is that so hard? So come on, I'm talking to somebody. And I'm preaching a little different than the first message because there's different people here. Not that I know that, it's just the Holy Spirit's leading me. Some of y'all know I'm not even in the same place right now as I was in the first service. Amen. Are y'all with me? Why is that so hard sometimes? God says simply, because again, I can't read all 800 verses. He says, I've got a covenant with you. He says, says, I don't need your money, but you need my blessing. And I want to provide for you in ways that gives me glory. I don't want you to get the glory for it. I want to get the glory for it. And so he says, I want to do things supernaturally that don't make sense. So he says, give to God what is God's, give to Caesar's what is Caesar's. I want to show you something important. Uh, In Genesis 14, if you'll go there for a second, I know how people think. How many know we weren't always saved? We weren't always in church. I wasn't, I wasn't born in church. I wasn't always saved. I had to learn these principles myself. And, and today there'll be people that will say this statement. You might be here and believe it, and that's fine. That's your own right. There'll be people who will say tithing and giving to God that income, that money, is not for today. It's Old Testament. It's not in the New Testament. Blah, 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 blah. And what they'll say most of the time is that that tithing was, we're not under the law anymore, they'll say. That's what most people, we're not under the law anymore. Well, I got news for you. This verse was written before the law was written. Moses wasn't even born yet. And this verse says in Genesis 14 that Melchizedek, king of Salem, which you can read about in Hebrews, who's a type of Christ, brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of God. Or in other words, in that day, the pastor, the leader of the, of the church, of, the, of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who, was de- who has delivered your enemies into your hand. How many want God to deliver you from your enemies this morning? Let's be on God's side. He says, and, and then... Nobody told him to do this, but how many know every beginning has to, everything has to start somewhere? We, we don't see that God spoke from heaven, give me this, but something compelled the Holy Spirit inside of Abraham, and he says he gave a tenth or a tithe of all. Tithe means tenth. And so out of his heart, Way back in Genesis 14, way before the law was written, he said, God has blessed me, and out of what God has blessed me, I'm going to give a tenth. And sometimes people don't understand. They think, well, well why, why the tenth? Why tithe? Why, why, why does the church want my money? Why does God want my money? Let me ask you a question. Can you imagine this morning if you had your electric bill and you got it in the mail and it said, due, $240, and at the bottom it said, pay what you want. 
Can you imagine? How long would the electric company last? Who would pay the full price? Nobody. See, God kind of knows us better than we know ourselves. And God kind of knows that I need to give them a little idea of what I want them to give me. I need to have a little structure here because if I don't, I know, to, I know that their hearts are, are wicked, Jeremiah says. And, and they're not going to be very generous and they're not going to give me what's mine. So he says the tenth, the tithe. The first. You know, here's the other thing. It also means first. First fruits. Okay? God doesn't want our leftovers. How many know God shouldn't get our leftovers? A lot of people don't understand this. And by the way, let me throw this disclaimer out here. I preach a message about every three months on finances. Church knows that. I don't, we don't talk about it all the time. We are very balanced in this church, I believe. And, but we, how many know we need to learn principles? If we're going to get out of debt and we're going to see God move, we got to know what the Bible says about finances. Amen. So just in case you're new or you're visiting, please don't think that this is an every service thing and I'm not going to take up an offering at the end of the service either. Just so you know. Okay, so you can relax. I've seen some of y'all's hands like this, man. I know where this is going. The last church I went to took up three offerings at the end. And then they said, we still need this much more, and they took up a fourth offering. Amen. No, we're not doing that. Amen. I, I know I'm not talking to nobody in here that's ever been through that. But we just trust. We just do what God says to do. So we're in a contract with God. But God says, I'm supernatural, and you're natural. So I need you to give the natural obedience to see the supernatural from me. It's a give and a take, just like that contract. I'll give you service. You pay the bill. Okay, how many are with me so far? So then, I won't go into all the verses again. There's many more than a few, a few uh, chapters later. Jacob does the same thing. He says, he says, if you will bless me, he's following in the footsteps of his grandfather. He says, if you will bless me, I will give a tenth of everything you give me. And that's been a sin. Then it goes to Exodus. Then it goes to Deuteronomy. And it goes all the way through. And, and just, just in case you want some theology here this morning, anything that comes from the Old Testament that does not dealt with in the New Testament remains. Jesus never said to be done with the tithe. He said you should, you should still do that in, in, in several places in, in the New Testament. He never said stop. It's something that's been from Genesis. It'll go all the way to Revelation. And let me make another statement, too. I'm a firm belief in my life personally, because I haven't always been a pastor, by the way, either. And I've tithed the entire time I've been saved. God is my witness. I, I may have missed, maybe by accident, maybe, maybe a couple times. But I can tell you, I have not missed tithes in my life. It's, I take it very serious. I make sure that God is, get, gets what is his first, and the rest can wake, work itself out. Okay? And so I said that because... We, we need to understand that this is God trying to say, I don't need your money, but I want to get money to you. I want to put resources in your hands. And God is looking. Let me, let me see your hands like this for a second. Just put your hands up like this. God is looking for some hands like this. God can't use this. He needs this. And he's looking for people that he can flow through. That when, when, when money comes or finances come or resources come or things come and he says, hey, give that, he's, he'll have people who will do this. Release it. 
And, and there's some people in here this morning. God wants to do more in you this morning than you've ever done. And he's looking for your heart to say, listen, God, I'm, I'm ready to go to another level of generosity. I'm ready to go to another level of obedience. I'm ready to go to another level of the supernatural finances of God. It's supernatural provision. Again, supernatural meaning something beyond scientific understanding. When we had this yard sale... I'm going to give you just a few promises in just a moment. How many like promises? And the cool thing is, is God keeps his. <laughs> we don't do very good at that, but God keeps his. So yesterday when we are having this yard sale, we had a lot of little stuff left because now we're not moving to another country. We're moving to another house, so we're just trying to get, get rid of some things. But I do have to make a statement. I didn't say this in the first services. I want to thank the women of the world, and I'm not chauvinist, don't get me wrong, don't take this wrong, please, I just said women, so don't, don't go, the women keep the economy going, <laughs> women keep the, just let me explain you why, because see, when you move houses, and you have all these nice things that you've accumulated on the walls over years, a man would just take them off and put them in a box, take them to the new house, and put them up on the new walls, but see, women don't do that because new house means new things. <laughs> new house means new colors. New house means new everything. Amen. Am I right? Okay. Am I right, ladies? So at the garage sale, I told the ladies that came through, I said, thank you, ladies, for keeping it. Because I'm, I'm as bonus. I said, baby, this, this looked good in our bathroom. It's going to look good in the new one. She said, oh, no, we got to change. We're going a different direction. So that's why we, so thank you women for keeping the economy going in yard sales and garage sales. Amen. So we're having this garage sale and, and people are coming by and everything. And so this, this uh, it reminded me of a story in Costa Rica. And 11 years ago, we're getting ready to sell everything to move back. And so we, we sold everything because we just wanted to start over. And uh, it was expensive containers and all that. So um, we're like three weeks out from moving back. We've got our tickets already um, to come here to Denton and um, Nothing sold. We got to sell our house. We have two vehicles that we, that we had that were paid off. We needed the money for those, and we needed to sell our furniture and everything. So we had the money, along with this house sale, to come back here to be able to start this church, to be able to start new life and all that, right? So we're having this yard sale. It was so precious. Kristen, Kristen was probably just 13 or something like that. I'm doing the math about, and Destiny's probably 8 or 9. And they're out there helping us. And for, so we're having the yard sale. How many have ever had a yard sale? No, at yard sales, you want the big stuff to sell. You need the couch to sell, the refrigerator to sell, the tables to sell, not the little 25-cent things. You need money, right? You're not out there just, you know, having a good old time in your garage so you can count $5 when you're done, you know. And so we're having this garage sale, and nobody's buying the big stuff. I need, I need to sell it all. So we, we got done one week, and I was discouraged, man. We probably made $20 the whole day. And I'm like, God, what are you doing? So we get, meet, we get hungry the next day, and there's this Chinese spot, Chinese, best Chinese food in the world in Costa Rica. I'm telling you, great Chinese food. And there was a really good spot. So Costa Rica has, kind of like here in Texas, every little town has its square. It's got a little church on it and businesses. So there was this Chinese place. Uh, in, in, in a square by our house. And so me and Kristen got in the car, and it was cheap, too. We could all eat for like $10. Of course, this was 11 years ago. So 
We'd, we'd go get this Chinese food all the time. So we called ahead and got there, got the food, got in the car, pulled up to this four-way stop in this square. I looked left. It was just, you know, just one way. I didn't have to look right. Look left. No one was coming. I start pulling out. As soon as I start pulling out into this intersection, I see lights. How many know that's not good? Any kind of lights ain't good. But these lights were red and blue. Does anybody know what red and blue are? Back to blue. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, this flash comes, hits the front of the car. It is a police officer on a motorcycle. He hits the front of my car going 30, 40 miles an hour and disappears underneath my car. This is two weeks from coming back. As soon as I got out the car, I mean, I have a thousand things going through my mind. And the first one is I'm going to jail. That's the first thing. How many know it's bad to hit a police officer in the United States? It's worse when you're in another country. You don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to jail. I don't know if this guy's dead or alive. I mean, just all this stuff's going through my mind. I'm not going. I'm not going. Not going in two weeks. I mean, that's crazy. The thoughts that can go through your mind in 30 seconds. And this guy's pinned underneath. Find, he breaks his leg. The police officer. That's a whole other story. But I get out the car. How we get the car back to the house is a whole other story, but watch this. Watch what God begins to do. Uh, so we have this wreck, and the following week, I'm, I'm still, I'm, by the way, has anybody ever gotten mad at God? I just want to know if there's anybody else in here. I got someone with two hands. Amen. You know, it's okay to get mad at God. He's got big shoulders. He can handle it. I was mad. I'm like, God, that, that's $8,000. We had that car paid off. That was $8,000 I needed to come back, and it was gone, trashed, because when you wreck over there, they put a, a lien on the car, and you cannot sell it. And it would take forever to get the, the paperwork fixed. Forever. I'm talking years. So that car was just off to the side. I, like, I just lost $8,000 that we needed to move back. So the whole week, we're just, I'm just stressing and, and, and saying, God, well, how are you going to do this? What, what is going on? So we have another garage sale the one week before we're about to leave. And we were out there all day again. Guess what we sold? 25 cent, 50 cent. not big, no furniture, no bed, no fridge, no couch, no table, nothing. It's about 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. It gets dark earlier there. We start putting stuff away. I'm mad. I'm frustrated. I'm like, God, what's going on? What are you doing? I had a Pathfinder, old 94 Pathfinder, out in the street with a for sale sign. This guy shows up, and he says, hey, I want to test drive your Pathfinder. I'm like, thank you, Lord. I'm going to at least sell this today. So he goes and drives it around. He comes back. He's like, nah, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm like, Ugh. So we go to start putting stuff away. He goes, what else you got? And I said, I got a lot of stuff. I said, what do you want to see? He says, just take me in your house. I'll see. So this guy goes in to my house, walks in the house. He goes, he goes how much is that? And he looks at my couch, and I tell him. And he goes, what else you got? And I said, fridge, how much is that? And long story short, and I'm not lying, God is my witness. He went through my house and bought every single piece of furniture that I had in my house. The last day of the yard sale, the last hour of the yard sale, everything. Who does that? Who buys everything? Nobody. That's unexplainable scientifically. I mean, he bought the fridge. He bought the table. He bought the bedroom set. He bought the couch. He bought everything at the price I was asking. And that's not even the best part of the story. He goes to leave. He's giving me the money for the, all the furniture. And I'm thanking God. He walks out of, my, out of my door and over to the right. And this is kind of a, an interesting thing too. The house that we just bought 
is really similar to the house in Costa Rica. And me and Carla used to always say, watch how God is. We used to always say, if we could have brought that house here, if we, just, if we could have just picked it up and brought it here, it would be so awesome. The house we're buying is, has so many, as soon as we saw it, we're like, this is, like, this is amazing. That's just a little detail how God is, right? How he gives you the desires of your heart. So I, we walk out, and there's a carport over there, and he goes, he goes, what about that car? Are you selling that car? And I'm like, ah, you had to bring that up, you know. I said, no, I can't sell the car. I said, and I, I don't know how I told him. But I was frustrated. I'm like, that, that car's wrecked. I got in a wreck last week. He goes, really? He goes, let me see it anyways. I'm like, why? So he goes over. It did start. The engine was fine, but the dent, the hood, fender, holst, it was, it was, it was trashed. It was, what's, the, what's that word called? Totaled. It was worth more to fix than, than what, it, what, what, we, what it was worth. So he, he starts it up, and he, he goes, he goes, all right, I, I'll take all this stuff home. He goes, I'm going to call you tomorrow and make you an offer on your car. And I said, wait, you don't understand. I just told you I can't sell it. It's got a lean on it. It's wrecked. He's like, don't worry about it. He's like, I'll call you tomorrow. I mean, I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, okay. So he calls me the next day. I told you the car was worth $8,000. Good. He calls me knowing I can't sell it for one. I don't care what he offers me. I can't sell it. Do you get that? If I said that enough? Like legally I can't sell it because it's got it's to lean against it because of the wreck and the cop and all that stuff. And so he calls me the next day. He goes, I want to make an offer on your car. And I said, okay. He says, I want to give you $8,000 for it. Now, just stay, does that make sense? Like I told the first service, if I was you, I wouldn't believe me. I honestly wouldn't. I'd be like, that's stupid. That doesn't even make sense. How, how is that possible? But God is my witness. The guy said, I want to give you $8,000 for that car. This dude was an angel sent from God. Supernatural provision. Not only did he buy everything in my house. By the way, I have a whole other story for how I sold my house and a whole other story how I got out of that cop thing. But this is just the yard sale one. My mom told me a bunch of years ago, you should have wrote a book. I should have listened to her. There's a lot of amazing stuff that I've even forgot. He says, I want to pay you $8,000 for the car, and I'm going to hire a lawyer who's going to get that thing out of your name so you can leave the country. And he transferred it into his name, paid me full price for the car, transferred the car into his name, dealt with the police officer situation, all that stuff, and I got on a plane a week later and came to Denton, Texas with no problems. That's the super natural God that I'm talking about. Supernatural. Like, it, I, even as I say it, I'm like, I don't, I don't believe you. But I know it's true. And my daughters know it's true. And my wife knows it's true. That's the realm that God wants us to live in, where things happen that don't make sense. Where you just go, you know what, I, don't, I can't explain it to you. It's just God. And he wants us to be in that place. Now, how many understand this morning, as I begin to read a few promises to you, that when you're in the midst of the problem, it's not so easy to believe. Like, I'm telling you about it now, and it's fun. It was not fun when I stepped out that car looking at the car lights underneath my car. It was not fun realizing that I could go to jail. It was not fun realizing the $8,000 car was ruined. None of that was fun. But God says, listen, I got this. You're in covenant with me. Oh, you didn't hear that. God says, you're in covenant with me. You're a faithful tither. You give me what's mine. So I'm going to give you what I got for you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to pay your bills. I'm going to do the miraculous that nobody else can do because I'm a supernatural God. And I provide supernaturally. Amen. 
You know, those blessings come from God, not from man. I'd rather have God bring a miracle than me get the glory myself or something. We had the, at, the, at the yard sale yesterday, too, we had this, this ice cream truck come through. I hadn't seen an ice cream truck in I don't know how long. And I, how, many, how many go back to your childhood when you hear an ice cream truck? I was like, oh, man, i got to buy some ice cream. So this guy stops, and he gets out to come to the yard sale. And it's an African guy from Nigeria. And I had some, Af- I had some African clothes that I needed to sell. A bunch of people give me, I, I didn't give it all away, by the way, if you've ever given anything from Africa. Over the years, I've accumulated a lot of African clothes, and I love them, but I have too much. And so I was selling some, and so I go, there's my guy right there. He went straight to the African clothes. And we started talking. I was like, where are you from? He's like, I'm from Nigeria. I'm like, oh, cool. And we started talking. So he buys some things from me. He gave me five bucks. He bought some stuff for five bucks. So I go, there's clients over at your truck, man. You need to go. They're waiting for him. He's like talking to me, you know. He goes, okay, okay. So I go behind him, and I go over to the truck, and I took the $5 he gave me, and I gave it back to him, bought some ice cream for me and Carla. And in his thing, it said Jesus right there on the, on the sticker. I said, King of Kings and Lord of Lords right there. That's King of Kings. He goes, oh, yes. And he got all excited. And we just started having this great conversation about God. He was already nice, but about God and, and everything. And, and, and he said, one time, he said, somebody gave me a dollar tip. And I said, God bless you. And he said, that guy said, give me my dollar back. God, don't, I don't believe in God. Tell me you bless me, not God. He says, bless you, not God bless you. And he took his dollar back. And that guy told me that, that African guy told me, he says, he says, I told that guy, he said, what do you mean God didn't bless you? He said, the air blessed you or the ground blessed you? Who blessed you then if God didn't bless you? How many know what I'm talking about? The Bible says only a fool says in his heart that there is no God. Don't make, they look like fools, amen? So anyways, I thought that was a cool story. So watch this verse to close. I'm going to give you three verses to close, three promises. How many like promises? promises. So you walk out of here this morning with this attitude of I'm going to give to God what's his. I'm going to be faithful. And here's what can happen if you look at it the right way. You, you, cannot, you don't have to have a business, although that's great if you have your own business. You don't have to have some amazing job. You don't have to have um, just this flow. of. You don't have to have any of that stuff to see God do supernatural things. What you need to have is an attitude. If you have the right attitude, like I do, I'm not bragging on myself, I have this attitude, I love to tithe. Because when I tithe, it means I have money. I don't like, not be, I don't like when I can't tithe. Somebody's going to get this. When I'm tithing, that means money's flowing. And so I love to tithe. I can't wait to tithe off the sale of my house. I tithe off everything. Some people, they'll get, they'll get their papers out and they're like, well, I don't know if this is income or not. Where well, my towel stuck? I don't know if this is income or not. And I, I, if I get something, I tithe off it. I might have been something I bought already. I probably owe way more than I'm getting on this house, but it's going to be increased to me. Is anybody listening to me? Is anybody listening to me? That's me, though. I'm tithing off that. I had a garage sale yesterday. I bought all that stuff, but I tithed, I tithed this morning off the garage sale money. If somebody gives me $10, I'm giving a dollar back. I don't care if I just gave them that $10. Is anybody listening to me? It's just an attitude because I want to give more. God knows what's in my goals when I write them down at the beginning of the year. God knows how much I want to give. I want to give way more than I'm giving. I want to give more. So I need God to give me more so I can give more. Are you all still here? 
But here's the problem. Let me talk to somebody maybe here this morning. Some of you here, maybe, maybe not, hopefully not, but there might be someone here that says, man, if I just would win the lottery, if I could just, let me tell you, if I would win the lottery, I, if I won the million-dollar lottery, I'd give $200,000. Let me just tell you something. You're a liar. First of all, you shouldn't play the lottery. Amen. Take your chances with the Lord. I'd rather, I'd rather pay my tithes than take my chances. Okay. That wasn't a lottery message, though. Y'all still here? Okay. <clears throat> but the thing I'm trying to teach you is we say I'll give 200000 off a million. It's easy to say you'll give something off something you don't have. But you might be that person that won't give a dollar off a of ten. You think that if you won't give a dollar off a of ten now, you're going to give 200000 off a million? No, you won't. No, you won't. See, you've got to get the small right. And when you get the small right, God's word tells me that when you get the small right, he says, I'll give you more. When you're faithful in the little, I'll put you over much. How many want to start being faithful in the little so that God can put us over the much? I do. I can't speak for you. 2 Corinthians 9.8 says, and God is able. Say he's able. To make all grace abound toward you. That you, always having sufficiency in all things. Say all things. I'm going to think it doesn't say some things. In all things may have just enough for every good work. Abundance. Not just enough. Abundance. I don't think I'd get one hand in here of anybody that says you'd rather have just enough than abundance. And if you do, there's a mental hospital over on 380. Just enough is not. Now, we've all been at just enough. I've been at just enough more than enough <laughs> than I like. But God doesn't want us to stay at just enough. He wants us to have abundance. Because when we have abundance, his name gets glorified. And when we have abundance, we can help other people. And when we have abundance, we can further the kingdom of God. So he says, I'm able, he says. Philippians 4.19 says, my God shall supply all your needs according to what you have. According to your power. According to his riches. In glory. See, we're not talking about the electric company. We're not talking about the government. We're not talking about your next paycheck that's coming. We're talking about God being your provider. Amen. Let me close with this. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 10. Take a couple verses around this last one. <clears throat> Watch this. He says, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. But he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So you can't be that person here that says, man, I want to be a giver. I want to be a giver, but you don't have a spirit of generosity. You have to get that first. You have to at least say, man, I want to be a person that's generous. I want to be a person that gives. If you need my jacket here, take it. Because God will give me another one. Stay with me for a second. I can make this statement with all sincerity of heart. And, and I know I'm not the oldest person in here, but I wasn't born yesterday either. I've been saved for 26, 27 years. I've been in the ministry for that long. I've been around the block a few times. This is not my first rodeo. I can tell you this morning with all sincerity of heart, never has God ever asked me for something 
He said, sell that, give me that, do that, that he did not give me back better than what he asked me for. Never has he ever done that. And it's not, listen, Aladdin's about to come out, right? The movie Aladdin, the, new, the remake. Jesus is not a genie. See, a lot of people have him as a genie. Well, I need something, so let me go over here and rub, rub the genie and say, give me three wishes. I don't tithe so that God will bless me. I tithe because I'm thankful that he gives me the opportunity to be a part of the kingdom of God. And it's a little bit that I can give back for this salvation that he gave me on the cross. It's a little bit. But I give out of obedience because there's a principle. Who goes and puts a seed in the ground not expecting something to grow? There's the mental hospital again. What, What in the world would you put a seed in the ground and not expect something to pop out? But, but you cannot be here and say, oh, I'm expecting a humongous return, Lord, from this little tiny thing. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And that, listen, I have met people who are poor. It's not an amount. Stay with me. It's not an amount. I've met people who don't have a lot of money. Remember the, la- the lady with the mite? She gave everything she had. We saw that in Costa Rica, man, with poor people. Poor people do supernatural things financially. Remodel a building with thousands of dollars that we we don't even know where it came from. Poor people got the understanding that my God is. We had a lady one time walking down the road. She had made a pledge for our building fund to remodel our building. We moved to a new building. She was walking down the road. This girl did not have, she didn't make more than $200 a month. She was walking down the road and picked up a bag of money with $4,000 in it on the ground. That's not normal. $4,000. Some of y'all say, that was probably drug money. Well, the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Amen. Laid up for the righteous. I'll pick it up on the ground, pay my tithe on it, and God will bless it. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Amen. So let's finish this. Let's go down to, uh, let's do 7 and 8. So let each one of, of us give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And he's able, and that's that verse we read earlier, he's able to make all grace abound towards you, that you'll have all sufficiency in all things and have abundance for every good work. Now I want to go down to 10. I want to finish with this last verse. Watch, verse 10. You might be here and you might say, like I'm saying this morning, I want more. I want more seed. I want, I want more to give. People on fixed incomes, people on, I mean, most people are on fixed income. Most people make the same amount of money. Every, not, not, do y'all get what I'm saying? Most people are on a fixed income, whether it's a lot or a little. Not everybody has a business, and, and that fluctuates, but you, you say, this is what I got. But you say, Lord, I want more. I want more to give. You can ask him. He says, now may he who supplies seed to the sower... And bread for food, supply and multiply your seed. And you have sown and increased the fruits of your righteousness. He's saying, you can say, Lord, I need some seed. How many times over the years, and let me remind you again, we're not taking up an offering. How many times over the years have we took up an offering for Africa? Or for chairs, or for a building thing, or or for a, a work. And we said, Lord, if you'll put it in my hand, I'll give it. And how many times have we saw the Lord put a a supernatural amount of money in our hands and we gave it. 
God can do it. So if you're here this morning, you're saying, man, there, and, 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 and only God knows. There is a desire in your heart. There's some people here. This I'm talking to somebody. There's some people here. You want to be more greater sowers. You want to give more to the kingdom. It's your heart. Let me tell you something. God will give you seed. He'll put it in your hand. And when he does, you do what he said you're supposed to do with it. You give it, and then he'll keep, he'll keep flowing it. It'll keep flowing and keep flowing and keep flowing. Can you say amen? How many believe that this morning? How many want to be a recipient of God's supernatural provision? Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Father, all over this place as we're praying, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your word. God, I, I, I cannot ever even get close to paying you back for the blood that you shed for me. But you've taught me in your word, Lord, all these years, and, and you've showed me time and time again. I've never, I've never had a lot of money, and I don't need a lot of money. If you want to give it to me, I'll take it, but I want to be generous with everything you give me to me, Father. I want to be a sower. I want to have a heart of generosity. I don't want to have hands that are sticky. I don't want things to stick to my hands. I want to be someone who those things can flow through. Because there's nothing greater than being a blessing to somebody else. You even said in your word, it is better to give than to receive. Help us as a church, not, not get it, because I, I believe we get it. Help us to continue to be a church that's generous. A church that gives, a church that sows. Lord, that work in Tanzania this morning is happening because of generous hearts. Lord, Carrollton is functioning this morning because of generous hearts. We're here today making an impact in Denton because of generous hearts. But Lord, we need more resources. We need more uh, things to flow through our hands so that we can see greater growth and we can see more lives changed. And Lord, we, we need to tap in to the power of a supernatural God. If you're in this place this morning and you're, you're praying and you're listening to the word of God and you don't know Jesus as our Lord and Savior today you can know him I, I feel the Holy Spirit speaking to somebody this life's going to end one day this life is short you live to be 100 years old and it's short it's a vapor the Bible says and, and let me tell you something there's people all over this world today dying with millions and even billions of dollars in their bank account. And they can't take it with them. It can't buy happiness. It can't buy eternity. You can't buy the blood of Jesus. It's free. His salvation is free. His love is free. The greatest gift ever given was when God gave himself. He, he, he gave us that picture. Giving and Offerings and tithing and generosity is just the character of God in us because of what he did on the cross. If you don't know where you'd spend eternity today, I want you to know that you can because the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says only a fool says in his heart there's no God. Because you look at the clouds, you look at the sky, you look at the earth, you look at the trees, and you know that we're without excuse that there's a God. And that God died for you, paid a price for your sins to reconcile you back to Him. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Him, 
I'm not, ask, I'm not saying you've been to church. I'm saying you don't know him. He's not Lord of your life. He's not master. You would not give your life for him today. You would not die for him. Today's the day you can be born again. If you're here in this place this morning and that's you and you're not sure, lift your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus this morning. I don't know him this morning. I want to know him today. I want to know that if I died, I'd go to heaven right now. Right now, I want to know. That's me. All over this place. Some, some of you have made that decision just even in the last few weeks, in the last few months. Best decision you've ever made in your life. It's eternal. It's eternal. It's forever. Now you just say, Lord, now take this life that you've saved and help me help others. Help me tell others about Jesus. Some of you will never go to Africa. Some of you will never go to China. Some of you will never go outside of the United States, but your finances can. Your giving can. And when it's all said and done, we will see souls in heaven that are there because of your giving. Can't go without a sender. Some of you in here are senders. God's called some of us to be senders. Maybe you're not a goer. Maybe you're not the one that's going to go, but you say, I'll send. I'll, I'll pay for the plane ticket. I'll pay for the gas. I'll pay for, the, I'll, I'll pay for that trip over there. But I can't go, but I'm going to send. God calls senders and calls goers. Some are both. Maybe you're backslidden today. Far away from the Lord. Don't know Him. You've gone back to your old ways. Today you can reconcile with the Lord. Listen, don't walk out of this place this morning without giving Jesus your life because tomorrow is not promised. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. I'm going to give five more seconds. If you're not sure, just lift your hand. I'll pray with you this morning. We can say what the Bible says is a sinner's prayer. We can admit that we're sinners. We need a Savior. Three, two, one. Now I want to pray this morning and shift the service to end. We're going to sing a worship song here. If you have a desire this morning to be a greater seed sower, to be more used in finances, if you have a need this morning of a job, if you're trying to start a business, if you want your business to grow, if you're in debt, wherever your situation is, I want to pray for you this morning because the God that's supernatural is here to heal. He's here to destroy debt. He's here to do miracles. He's here to make things, things can disappear. Medical bills can disappear. I'm praying my taxes disappear. Amen. Government's got enough money. I'm praying for my taxes to go to zero. God can do it. I'm still paying them. I'm not sitting back saying, well, I'm not going to pay them. But I would sure love to get a slip someday that says, hey, you don't owe no money. God can do it. If God can get a guy to buy a broken down car for $8,000, he can take care of my taxes. As we begin to sing, the altars are open. Come find a place. Pray at your seat, whatever you want to do. But I believe the supernatural provision of God is here this morning. Maybe you're like some of these younger people that you're not even getting started yet. Man, start off right, young people. Once you get a job, pay your tithes. Get into God's economy. Amen. As you come this morning, we're going to pray a prayer in a moment at the altar for, for breaking of debts, for setting things free, for setting things in motion. We're going to sing this song that He's the way, and He's the truth, and He's the life. And then we're going to agree together in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, 
Go to our website at vwotexas.com.